Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 37. We have Maital Rasmussen, head of marketing, DIS Roche. Maital is shaping the healthcare industry and driving the commercialization of advanced technologies that enable personalized care as head of global marketing for Roche Diagnostics Information Solution. Previously, Maital held numerous senior leadership roles across industries in startups and Fortune 100 companies. She served as vice president at JP Morgan and led the vision and marketing strategy for Oracle Healthcare Solutions. Maital, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. It is such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Where are you calling from? Uh, California, from Silicon Valley, the heart of Silicon Valley. You know, yeah, Silicon Valley, but now it's a shelter in place and everything's remote. Yeah. From home. From home. Well, you know, let, let's hope that by the time this airs, then everything is back to normal. Uh, but we'll just ride the optimism wave on this. And Metal, Oracle, Rosh, Global Head of Marketing, Medicine, so much to talk about. Can you just give me a brief rundown of who you are and how you got to where you are today? Uh, sure. Um, well, you know, it's really interesting. I was uh, so fortunate throughout my life to have uh, really great opportunities that presented themselves. So I had, uh, I had um, the opportunity to work in Wall Street, in Silicon Valley, and now in, uh, in a global uh, um, pharmaceutical company such yeah. as Roche, you know, and that's uh, really, I mean, the interesting thing is, is really about passion. You know, the one thing that uh, really drives me is my passion and my passion for really understand people. So when you understand people, you, you can understand everything and, uh, and you can move everything. So um, throughout my career in marketing leadership, it's really, it was really the driver to understand the social, social psychology of what drive what drive the individual? What uh, what actually holds back the individual from buying decisions or from other things? And uh, the second passion that I have is, is my relationship, is my the people that are around me that uh, I love uh, living with, I love working with, and uh, and the third one is is really data. I became a, a data nerd. I became uh, an insights nerd. And I realized how data and, and that digital transformation actually helped um, few industries, right? When I was working at JP Morgan, I was fortunate to be part of this uh, digital transformation of, of building the drill down investment, you know, for institutional investors, et cetera. And then in marketing, when we used to have ads and now we have metrics to understand how to you know, how to create messages that resonate and you can see how heart, heart and head and body works all together on conversion rate. And now in medicine, the data changes everything and data and what is beyond the data. It's really how you connect the dots. So that's my uh, passion that, um, that actually brought me to where I am now. Okay, I already have so many questions just from that minute brief. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Let's go with... 
uh, with social psychology and medicine and being a global head of marketing for such a huge company like Roche, how do you even go about trying to understand what consumers think, love, adore, engage with? Yeah, so first of all, I'm just going to make a correction. I'm not the global head of marketing of all Roche. It's just uh, oh. the digital uh, aspect of it and uh, the software. only the digital aspect of it. Okay, <laughs> Let, sure. Yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> so digital now changing medicine as we know it today, right? So uh, yeah, I mean, um, if you think about that, we're trying to understand the the in in understanding in social psychology, we're trying to understand the makeup of the the human, right? What yeah. drives the human to make certain decisions that behave certain behaviors and how do we really resonate with this individual and then later on a segment to uh, to drive a certain behaviors as a marketeers, as a business leader, etc. So in medicine, it's almost the same. You know, we're trying to understand the, the, the biology, we're trying to understand the genetic makeup, we're trying to understand the the clinical makeup that makes the human as it is for personalized care and and think about that I'm parallelizing it right now in marketing so driving personalized messaging and driving personalized healthcare so there is a lot of connections in many ways and it's all about you know the technology that's enabling us to do that so how do you use digital transformation in really understanding not just the human, but the segment of people or subpopulations and how do you actually uh, resonate with them? And, you know, but Mital, it's, it's, it's very clear to me, I think, and it's, I think it's a right intuition that when you look at social, the social psychology and what innately motivates people in medicine marketing, it's very different from, you know, when you're trying to sell Salesforce or when you're trying to sell any other B2C product that you can find in the supermarket or an electronic store. So how, is it more complicated? Is it very different? Good question. So... <laughs> There are certain things, you know, that you need to think about, you know, who's the buyer? Is it consumers? Is it, uh, is it uh, a patient? Is it, is it a company? Right. So, you know, we, we're very, it's very interesting time, point in time right now to be living in because the technology helps you actually with social psychology, with the selling process, with the, with the, res, the, you know, the resonance of what you're trying to sell. So, you know, if you think about, if you think about software right now, because we are in time of pandemic, right? The acceleration of innovation is huge in huge. healthcare, right? So even if it's a medicine development or software development for all these healthcare workers and professionals to, to, set, to buy new technologies because they need that. So that was like a, a really um, opportunity actually for the small companies to come with new technologies that helps, you know, and if you think about human psychology, if I was a CIO right now in a hospital, in a healthcare environment, I need to provide the right technology. So how do you connect actually with those people and to drive them to buy your technology? And I think this is a good time for startups that have yep. you know really nice virtual digital this is 
the point of acceleration. Yeah, I actually just had a fascinating chat with Alyssa Rapp, who's a lecturer at Stanford Business School and in Chicago Booth. And she says very similarly, there are startups that, yeah, it's, it's hard to raise capital. People have to bootstrap right now, but there are startups who need to take a step back and understand we can actually put the gas pedal on right now. This is our time to accelerate innovation and really adopt the, the new market that's forming here. Metal, but all of that is true. And, you know, if I have a team of five, six people and a startup, I make the decisions. It's all easy. We're talking about a big company. We're talking about huge corporates with huge ladders of decision making. So how do you go about doing that? Yeah, you know, you can see that um, you can see different companies, different brands actually reinventing themselves, rethinking about their mission, rethinking how they actually, what's their purpose in life. And then, then, you know, as a brand, you need to think of what is your identity and how do you go beyond selling a product right now to really understand what's the goal of your target audience, really understand who is your audience and how can you connect beyond the product right now? So I think as a big company, you really need to understand how to connect. And and sometimes it's not the selling point. Sometimes it's just who you are as as a brand, as a company, and what's your mission. So, um, you know, being exposed to quite a few companies actually during time of uh, of crisis, being in Wall Street during the meltdown and being here now in healthcare, in the eye of the storm of healthcare, of this pandemic of COVID-19, with the scale of it, you know, you really need to give time to rethink your strategy and rethink and reflect on it and really connect at the higher level, at the purpose level, at the mission level. Wow. That actually builds trust for the big company that they're not opportunistic and they're really trying to um, to resonate and, and keep resilience and be constructive and be positive and and show, you know, the together and the shared purpose with their customers. You know, it's an interesting thing to think about um, across the globe right now we all have shared experience. This is like a unique- So rare. So rare, you know, we all have the same goal of fighting COVID-19. Since when we all have this goal together, if you're in Italy, Africa, or Japan, or Silicon Valley, we all actually had the same situation. And and I think companies starting to understand and pivot right right now to to connect with their audience and, this is a social psychology at the end of the day, you know, beyond product. How, how important is it in your mind for, for the average CEO or entrepreneur to, to have a good grasp on social psychology and a lot of these innate mechanisms that you're, you're touching upon? Yeah, I think that um, every CEO really needs to have a really good understanding of people and of uh, more than just a person. They really need to understand what drives their target audience. Who do they talk to? What's it's not, it's beyond the persona, you know, where people talk about, yeah, I created like a persona I can teach. Right. You really need to have this human to human connection. And it doesn't matter in, in what setting, if it's small startup or a big corporation, if you really don't understand who is in front of you and what they're, you know, hierarchy of needs, if it's Maslow or another. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And you can't really sell. So every CEO really needs to understand the human part and the soft skills and, and what what drives this person in front of you. So and and navigate through different times, hard times, good times. No, and, and you know, this sounds like a skilling. I'm actually enrolling in the summer in a social psychology class at Stanford, but I'm also coming in with the humility of understanding that probably the only real way to practice it and to understand it is to then just be a leader, whether it's, you know, being a commander in the Israeli army or any other army or going and leading teams and companies later on. Uh, and I, and it, it, to me, it just makes so much sense that this is one of the, mo- the key elements of being a good entrepreneur and a good founder, just knowing who you're speaking to, know your audience, know how to lead them, what motivates them. And and I definitely, this is something that I'm taking to heart. I'd love to hear a little bit about what it was like being in Wall Street in the meltdown. I, I don't get to hear that very often. I was too young back then too. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, quite an experience, let's say. Let's say this, now that I'm watching the, all the movies that came after, yeah. It resonates with me. It really speaks to me because I, I was right in the heart of it. That, you know, I was working at J.P. Morgan at the time in New York City. Um, it was like, you know, pulling hair for a few days and wow. then we knew what's coming. We, you know, people were so nervous. Uh, you know, I started at the hype of Wall Street, you know, when all, you know, everything that you think about investment bankers and, uh it really, you know, some movies really reflected on that very accurately. Um, it was tough. It, it was not an easy experience, you know. It was very, um, very hardening. You know, people worked their whole life on things, and then from the banking perspective, you you see, you know, you you can connect those numbers to actually people's lives, you know, and and you see the magnitude of of what what it means to actually being on the other side it's not uh, it's not a simple thing to do you kind of almost need to disconnect your personal life from looking at those numbers definitely you know going back to the digital transformation with medicine and and some of the questions that you're that you're working on right now g- give me a little bit of insight into into your work and and what are what are the big transformations that are happening is it is it different in medicine and marketing digitally in medicine than it is in other in other ways? Yeah. So, you know, just um, just to give like a context into yeah. what's going on today in medicine and technology and great. Uh, you know, so there is medicine and and the the biggest driver right now and the biggest innovation in in diagnostics and treatment decisions and in monitoring in in the hospital and outside the hospital, it really is um, the nexus of of the scientific discoveries, the technologies that enable them and actually the medicine, you know? So let me give you like a little bit of some data. You know, if you were an oncologist uh, coming out of uh, med school, like let's say in the 50s, medical knowledge, um, it took medical knowledge to double itself about 50 years. 50. Back then. Wow. If you graduated in the 50s. If uh, if you graduated from med school in 2010, it would take for medical knowledge to double itself about two years. Nowadays, it's 73 days. 73 days for medical knowledge to double itself. So how can one 
compute all that? How can the brain, the human brain, actually make a decision when, you know, everything is obsolete, more and more and more information in, you know, in shapes of, of uh, scientific discoveries, in shape of papers that are being published. So this wow. is the avalanche of data in medicine, right? It's, it's staggering, you know? So the knowledge gap is, is growing. So you need technologies really to close this gap. And there are technologies nowadays. Right. So this is one of the biggest challenges in medicine today. You know, how do you get, how do you enable if, as a healthcare institute, how do you enable your teams and your doctors and, and, and care teams to really make right decisions? So, um, so that's the trend. And now if you think about the technologies that enable the scientific discoveries, like let's say the genomic evolution, you know, not, not just the, we map the genome, that's great, but now we, we can see specific, it's personalized medicine, precision medicine, that you can see specific mutations and specific disease. So the knowledge of the biology and all that is also growing. So very interesting how this three of technology, scientific discoveries, and medical innovation coming together. And this is where the innovation happens. If it's forms of AI that collects data, that analyze the data, that predicts certain things to ha that's happening. If it's, if it's virtual, you know, virtual tools right now that, yeah. that allows you to connect with different specialties and, and, make the right decisions and hear different things. So anyway, but there's a, the, this is the trend. This is where we're going. It's really bringing data and creating more of a personalized medicine. Sure. Uh, and scale. So is it, is it more so that, you know, 50 years ago when you wanted to develop a new insight into what's happening in the medicine arena, the new was mostly, you know, intuition, guesswork, some case studies. And today it's really the knowledge is there. It's hidden a needle in a haystack of piles of, of data that's accumulated every year. And it's really a race between companies to understand the data and make sense of it. Is that where we are today? So... I think it's it's really the, there's a lot of technology that exists right now. I don't know if it's I don't think it's actually a competition. I think it's a collaboration because oh, okay. nobody can really you know solve all the problems in the world. It just doesn't exist. So I think what we see today actually is interesting collaborations that uh, complement each other to really bring a solution for this problem of this gap of data. So data, you're right, data is siloed and data has different standards and you can compare apples to oranges when it comes to data. But then when companies work with each other, then actually that's where the insight sits. So uh, uh, of course we are in a market and there's a competition and sometimes you see two companies working on the same spot, but yeah. But it really is the 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 beauty actually of what's going to happen is the the sharing and collaboration of insights because it happens in silos and we know if if uh, healthcare goal is is really provide the better health the better health happens in the synergies. 
I love it. I love it, Meital. Thank you so, so much for this time. Before we leave, and I can't believe 20 minutes are already up, but before we leave, I want to put you on the spot one time, and I want you to tell me three words that you would best describe yourself as. I actually already know the words from the very first answer that you gave me in this talk, but I'd love to hear those words anyways. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, good. Uh, good. Another good question. So I think I think really one of the things is, like I said from the beginning, it's passion. Yep. And the second thing is resilience. I yeah. think uh, resilience and curiosity. Yeah. Definitely. And you also mentioned relationships that are so, so important to you. Uh, love it so much. Amital, thank you so much for the time. Uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing during these, during these very difficult times. And I know you're working on very interesting things that unfortunately we weren't able to, to discuss here. Uh, but uh, I can't wait to see them one day. And thank you and uh, stay safe. Thank you.